everyone. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. Today, I'm here with the CEO at One Up Health, Joe Gagnon. How are you today? Excellent, Jared. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's uh, it's been uh, it's been an interesting year, obviously. <laughs> so just for everyone hearing this, you know, we're recording this uh, kind of right before the holidays, but um, we're we're super excited. I'm so excited to talk with you, and um, you're, you're in an area that uh, I love so much and in, in Seaport right now. For uh, so it, it definitely can't wait to get back out there and and mainly for the food. I love the food out there. I love all the different food options and the walking around, but uh, super excited for us to have the opportunity to chat, Joe. For the audience that hasn't heard about you, if you could give them kind of the quick intro on yourself, and then we'll talk more about One Up Health. And then you and I had a couple topics we wanted to kind of dive into today. Yeah, that's great. Thanks, Jared. You know, uh, if I think about my career, it's really been focused on sort of early stage companies going from the startup phase to the scale-up phase and, you know, bringing expertise and experience in having done that. This is the, the fourth time I've had the opportunity to do that, you know, in a variety of industries. So, I'm, uh, you know, healthcare knowledgeable, but more than anything, I'm a sort of a scale-up growth-oriented person. What I love doing is working on bringing new ideas to industries, right, where we sort of get a little bit, you know, probably stayed in our thinking and we need to sort of change how we think. And so that's what I'm here to do. Uh, you know, in addition to having the opportunity to run companies, I also fancy myself an ultra, ultra endurance athlete and author and uh, an adventurer. So I spend a lot of time, you know, outside the office setting, whether it's running around the world or, you know, taking on uh, big challenges. I like the combination of sort of pushing yourself on all levels of life. Yeah, it, it's not enough just to go kind of all in in one area, right? Like you need to, whatever you do, go all in on it or don't, don't do it at all. That's kind of been always my mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, you owe it to yourself, right? If you're not going to give it your all in whatever you're doing. And and also that the what the growth that that does for you, not just mentally, but physically, as you were saying, too, it's crazy when you're able to kind of really push yourself in these different, um, and I'm sure it's it's continued to allow you to grow as a, as a human, right? Oh, yeah. You know, like, I, there's this uh, many concepts we could talk all week about, but, you know, it's like, I believe a strong body carries a strong mind and a strong soul, and you have to have a place for it all to sit, and there is a process that you go through every time you do physical activity that sort of works through the biochemistry of what we are that balances us out, you know, so to be the CEO of a company or to lead anything is a lot of pressure and a lot of strain because you have a lot of responsibility. And if you can work through that on an early morning run or a bike ride or a walk or a hike or anything that gets the blood flowing and your body sort of attuned to the world, you have much better chance of being more balanced, more thoughtful. You know, it can be even meditative, right? And so I've been on this journey for, you know, almost now 25 years. And, uh, you know, like I made it through the pandemic because I was running 10 miles a day and I had to win every day, you know? And so uh, I was able to keep balanced and not feel the strain and the stress 
because I didn't let all of that just sit on top of this structure. I actually processed it every day. It really works well. Yeah, it's, uh, it, you, you just feel so good. And it's, I like those inner conversations you have when you're going for a run or something like that, right? It's um, that time of reflection. It's really, it's really one of the few times in the day that you're truly alone, unless you're running with people, right? Mm. Um, because even if there's people by or you're, you're running right by them, you're, you're not going uh, <laughs> to, you're, when you're in full run mode, right? You're not having these conversations with people or stopping. You're, you're just going all out until you hit your goal. That's right. Um, I love that. Can you can you explain a little bit uh, how you kind of I know you were you gave a, a good intro on yourself, but kind of how you started pushing into healthcare? Yeah, so you know the the connection throughout I think all of our lives is about a set of relationships that we build where people get to know your capability, and you know we like to form teams with people we know that can get the work done. So. Uh, I got involved in One Up because Jackson Square Ventures, who was the lead investor in the A round, I was the CEO for one of their other portfolio companies, and they introduced me to Ricky. And what we decided, Jared, was to do something different, right? Which is that we would combine my operational and go-to-market expertise with Ricky's technology and product expertise, and that would give us an advantage in the market. We wouldn't try to, you know, sort of be so broad and diffuse as a leader that we don't play into our strengths. And so um, what was appealing to me is, you know, I've been on this life journey to think about how to optimize my potential and the potential of the people I work with. And this platform, One Up Health, says that we can help the rest of sort of our community, broadly speaking, at least in the U.S., start to think about how data can enrich one's life. You know, better health leads to a better life. And sort of the obstacle to that is the accessibility of data. And so I was really intrigued because I use data every day. You know, I wear these two watches to track what I'm doing. You know, I know everything about sort of my physiology and how that will relate to my performance. And we can do that with this business because really the fact is that healthcare data is tracked in silos it doesn't allow us to scale. It doesn't allow us to think real time. And I knew like, wow, if I could do this with Ricky, this would be just an amazing opportunity for us to, to change people's lives, industries, and, you know, really do something for the planet here. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, um, and, but by the way, before we go into some of these questions, I have to ask why two watches? <laughs> I, well, one is I'm always trying to get sort of a, a cross combination of the sensors in the different watches to get a better reading because one on its own might get some, you know, incorrect data. So between them, I have a much better, it's almost like triangulating on data. Uh, so this way I can understand heart rate. I can understand strain. I can understand it because they, they're all slightly designed differently, but between the two, and I've been doing this for years, I can see the data better. As a result, I'm a bit of a data freak, so I love this stuff. Hey, I like it. It's uh, you're the first person I, I've I've had the opportunity to chat with that has two. I need to get one now. Uh -huh. Now I feel I don't have one. Um, I did at some point. You do feel better though when you have the information, and um, it's just like when I'm writing down stuff for my diet and when I'm writing kind of what my activities are. 
you just feel like you stay more on track, right? When you have access to more information, you feel better about what you're doing because you can kind of take that data and then look at like, hey, am I seeing results? Am I, am I feeling better? Um, all right, I'm going to go. I, I think I'm going to have to go uh, buy something after this call, to be honest with you. All right, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> uh, so a few of the things that we kind of want to talk a little bit about today, I'm going to go into a couple questions that I had for you, and we can kind of just have a conversation about it. But uh, I want to talk a little bit about basically um, ONC and, and CMS a little bit. Mm. And my, my question for you is basically, what effect are the ONC and CMS rules having on the industry's commitment to interoperability? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because if you think about life broadly, habits are really hard to change, right? Once they're formed, they have all this foundation in either good or bad reason, but they're hard to change. This industry has grown up from, I don't know, paper medical records to sort of an approximation of a paper record in a digital form. But really, at the end of the day, it's not an industry that understands how to share data. And ONC and CMS realized that they needed to lever some change into the industry, right? They were going to use their control system into the Medicare Medicaid marketplace to say, you know, you guys are not doing a good job of actually leveraging all this content for better health. And so we're going to sort of force your hand on that. So they have used their leverage to start us on a good path. It's sort of like, you know, when we sell, tell someone you should eat sort of, you know, superfoods like broccoli or kale or blueberries, like it's hard to get people to do that. So you have to find a mechanism and sometimes you have to force people in the beginning. Then they realize, wow, I feel better eating better and I'm going to feel better sharing data. And without ONC and CMS, the industry itself was not going to sort of change. This was absolutely necessary. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, can you can you relate that back to now, I always like to ask. So just industry opinion at large. But can, now can you tie that back to, I guess, one up health and, and what you're what you've been building over there? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, if you look back at the origin of the company, we built APIs for patient mediated access for app developers, you know, so it could have been um, 23andMe, an app developer, it could be Apple Health, all of them need an API to be able to access clinical data in a medical record system. So we built that API and we have been in that market, we had over 100 app developers using our product. And then when CMS came out with the regulation that said on July 1st of 2021 that all payers in the United States were going to need to provide patient media the data access for Medicare and Medicaid patients. We pivoted the company into an enterprise space so that we could use our API and our platform to provide that capability for payers to be able to meet the regulations. And so, you know, across the year, we had fantastic success. We have over 45 customers, payers around the country using our platform. We convert the data, we platform the data, we make it data accessible. And so we took their lead. And, you know, early on, we got a lot of credit for having what was called sort of the best implementation of CMS's intent for fire data interoperability. And so we've been like on a tear because we had the technology already in place 
and then we pivoted to how to bring that into an enterprise. So it's been a, a busy year, but it's been great to be part of this journey and the tailwinds that were created out of Washington. Now, when it comes to interoperability, are there basically lessons that healthcare can take uh, from other industries, I guess, that healthcare can learn from other industries? Oh my God, it's such a great question, Jared. You know, all of us, like all consumers in the US, we've been affected by changes in interoperability in data that's changed our lives. Everything from pumping gas in a self-serve station required interoperability for finance and payment systems, right? You went into retail and now you can order something and have inventory visibility and it shows up on your doorstep tomorrow and FedEx is messaging you that the package arrived. That's all about data interoperability. On the travel and transportation side, you know, you can go to booking.com or kayak and you can see seat maps available across proprietary systems of different airlines and you can pick your seat, you can pay the way you want and you can actually price compare. I mean, all of that was about data interoperability. All of those changes in our lives that we now come to expect. And then in healthcare, like if I was to go to my primary care physician and they recommend that I go for a colonoscopy, I might have to have the data faxed from one doctor's office to another. I mean, like, really? Like the most important part of our lives is taking care of our health. And we have all these other ancillary systems that work well together, but in health, we can't move the data. Like we have to fix this problem now. We like, we can't wait anymore. So that's what we're about. Like we need to follow the lead of where transformation has happened because data opened up and was interoperable across all stakeholders in an industry. That's now the mandate we need to go and make happen. So kind of, I guess, uh, tacking on top of that, kind of moving with, uh, based on that answer that you just gave, can you, can you explain basically the role that the FHIRs will play in the future of interoperability and in kind of making this healthcare data that you're talking about more accessible? Yeah, yeah. So what FHIR is a data standard that, you know, ONC and CMS constructed to create a common language so that we could all talk together. So that if I was gonna move a clinical file from a provider to a payer, we would have the same language. If I was gonna have a consumer access their payer claims data that have a common language. If we were going to connect into a clinical trial at a biopharma company, we would be able to have the same data format. So we now can express in the same form a language that allows this interoperability to happen, without which we had these interfaces that had to convert the data. Now we express it the same way. Now, there is a whole bunch of mapping of legacy data into FHIR. So you have a first step you have to go through. But once you have that, we can bring data together that's never even touched each other, like clinical and claims data in the same file for me, historically and current is an amazing source of content that allows us to rethink how care is delivered, the cost of that care, et cetera. Without fire, you know, it would have been necessarily impossible. It's like the web, you know, everyone forgets HTML and HTTP and TCP IP, all of this alphabet soup is a set of standards that allowed us to build websites 
and actually render content so we could all see it the same. And Fire is doing the same for healthcare. Interesting. Yeah, that. So that's when you're looking at kind of the. I'm not going to call it a barrier. It's not a barrier. Um, but the basically new things that have been added that will make interoperability in healthcare be, become more of a thing, become more uh, better structured. You're saying Fire plays a plays a huge huge role in that. Yeah, actually, we think you know, like there's some simple truisms like data done right. You know, look, I appreciate the legacy data providers who are working on what we have today because they have to you know there's systems that are in mainframe still they're on client server environments some are in the cloud at the end of the day it all needs to move out of that environment and into the cloud in the serverless world to make it easy to access and to run analytics against that when you start to see not just where one up health is going, but where the other leaders in this space will be, it will be against sort of serverless cloud data in fire format so we can run modern day analytics against it. So we can actually create an environment. And look, patient mediated access, I don't even think patients know they can get access to data, but what happens when we do know that, right? What about a doctor who can share data with uh, another clinician and get a better care outcome? And then even the payers, you know, they want to give you a care plan that's better for you based on population health data. We could look for patterns. And so that can't happen in a legacy world, but that can happen moving forward with the kind of platform we have and what FIRE will do for us. I want to kind of segment to uh, still a related question, but how how is cloud-based infrastructure helping scale healthcare's data uh, sharing efforts? Well, you know, one thing is clear is that um, I think the world is moving to cloud and there are some risks with that, by the way. You know, we all know there was an Amazon outage last week and there's stuff to worry about when the cloud runs everything. But to scale at the level that healthcare needs to, you can't do that without cloud. I mean, you have to have resource that you don't need to provision and implement. You need to have it available. Cloud allows for a whole industry to collaborate at the, set at the same time on a set of tools that we can all leverage. So we're not redoing at the infrastructure level or the tool level or even a deployment level, right? We can use common capabilities. Cloud allows for us to scale performance differently on small versus large, you know, you can think differently. And it's not just Amazon, it's Google, it's Microsoft, it's across the industry that what we're saying basically is that it's utility, right? We needed a power grid in the country to have utility so we could all have power to our houses. We needed a communication utility, ATT, Verizon, and everyone lets us communicate. And now we need a compute utility in the cloud to allow us to platform the data and run analytics against it. And so while this utility is run by private companies, it is the mechanism to allow to democratize that access, scale it, have modern day, you know, like think about this. If you're a small company, you can access resources at Amazon, for example, that you could never buy yourself, like literally never. We get access to billions of dollars of, R&D and capabilities of other components 
that allow us to do something faster, better than we could have ever done otherwise. Thank you for sharing too. I, I had to make sure I asked you that question before we kind of wrap things up here. Uh, my, my last question uh, for you, Joe, as we kind of close things out. And uh, by the way, I hope I can have you on again in the, in the near future, because we kind of went through a lot of stuff today, but there's so much more that we could go through. And we'd like to keep these uh, not, not like super long episodes, but long enough that we know everyone listens. Yep. Um, and my last question for you is basically what's, what's next for one up health mm-hmm. from here? Yeah. So, you know, we've spent the past year platforming, you know, over 45 health plans on a fire data platform. The, the next stage of this, in addition to continuing to want to do more of that, is to do extensive clinical data connectivity into those health plans so that we can combine this data together like no one's ever seen. And then put an analytic layer over that against a modern fire data platform that allows us to draw better insight in real time at scale. Like those words, we just say them, Jared, sometimes, and it's sort of like, oh, yeah. That's hard stuff to do, but that's what we're built to do. You know, like we have an amazing tech team who is doing that in real time. Like we have over 25 million members on our platform and over 5 billion resources running today. We're doing it and we're going to keep doing it. And, you know, we're going to uh, poke the bears a little bit and show them how, you know, data done right makes a difference for all stakeholders, financial, health, operational. We're gonna make this a better world and we're gonna be a part of that. And we're really excited about the next stage. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you back on again and kind of talk more about the, the company and um, the, the beauty about having, this is kind of your intro episode too, right? Yeah. Where our audience, um, many people already know about 1UP Health and, and what you're building, but um, for our audience, it, it provides a nice, source for them to kind of learn the why, why, how, what of the business, kind of why everything got structured. A couple key things that we wanted to talk about, which we did. And next time we can go into some of those topics in even more detail. So really appreciate you, Joe, coming on the podcast and uh, can't wait to chat again soon. Thanks, Jared. Have a great day and a fine holiday. And I really appreciate you having us on.